Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for an interview. And oh, have we got the interview for you today? This is the, the greatest interview we've ever done with the biggest star we've ever had. Played the greatest <laughs> character in the history of television. We are speaking today with the esteemed Jacqueline Rosen, or as you probably knew her back in the day, is Jacqueline Maxwell. Played Janet York on the first season of 24. For anyone who's been listening to our 24 coverage, you will know our love for the character of Janet York. Oh, God, this is the best. Fran Dresser, who? Uh, I, I don't even know who that is anymore, but uh, so excited to bring you this interview today. Uh, I don't think we usually do this for interviews, but stuff it. My name is Ben and Furniture Store. Mm. <laughs> and my name is Colin, and please don't break my arm. Damn it! That was my next thing I was going to do. Um, yeah, this is a this is a fun one because uh, we talk about it in this interview. Basically, you know, we 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 track down a bunch of twenty four cast members from all the seasons, and and the one that like if you had said to us, "Oh, Kiefer Sutherland, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jacqueline Rosen, ah, screw Kiefer," like uh, we yeah. we wanted to track down the actress who played Janet because. I remember talking about her at the beginning and we're like, oh, she hasn't acted in a while. Like, she's kind of disappeared. This is kind of interesting. So we honestly thought that, no, we're never going to get her on the show because she hasn't, according to IMDb, hasn't acted in about 16 years. And as I explain in this interview when I bring it up with uh, Jackie, it's sort of like it was a six degrees of separation moment where we contacted someone and then they said this and then that happened and all of a sudden we got connected and boom, here we are today. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to say this right now. We're the only podcast in the history of podcasts who are excited to interview the actress who played Janet York. And I don't care if people think we're, we're not joking. Like, legitimately, I am so thrilled for this interview today. You know, there's a weird thing that always happens, whether we're covering TV shows or movies. We always attach ourselves to <laughs> a random character. You know, uh, it, it, no, it doesn't matter what we're covering. It just always seems to happen. And I don't think either of us expected it would be Janet with 24. Uh, even when we, uh, we record the recaps well in advance, uh, but when they started airing, I remember somebody sort of messed me. Oh yeah, I'm listening to the 24s. I'm like, oh, have we gotten to the point where Janet is our favorite character on the show? Uh, because it's just, so, it's 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 the fact a that you know there is an absurdity to the character, and also it's a character you legitimately feel for. And there's there's so many other characters in season one, especially where I think they had an intention of something, but the audience turns on them. You know, like. Kim being a good example, you know, there's times where we don't necessarily feel for Kim the way that they wanted us to. And I think Janet's the exact opposite. She's this character that you just, you can't help but love if you really watch this show and and have an open mind and, and pay attention to some of these, you know, lesser known characters. 
somehow Boone from Lost comes up in this interview, which uh, you'll hear why. It's a very interesting story actually connected to Lost. But, yeah, I think it was similar over on Lost how, for some reason, got weirdly obsessed with Boone and, like, <laughs> legitimately to the point where somebody recently asked me who your favourite character on Lost was. I legitimately answered Boone and they thought I was joking. Mm. And I spent a good portion explaining to them, well, no, this is why Boone is awesome and you, like, yeah. you are underappreciating Boone. I think Janet, like... Again, as you'll hear us say in this interview, I keep saying that all of a sudden, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's the manner in which this character is treated. Like, this is why we fell in love with this girl, because it's like, if you want a punching bag, like, again, (laughs) the writers of this show just hated this character. Fucking hell. Like, screw Janet, she's getting injected with heroin this week. Like, just (laughs) everything you can think of, this poor girl, just, they just do it to this girl. But you also walk away appreciating Janet more than some of these other characters who, you know, they, they get shot and, Oh, you know what? I'm out. I'm out for the night. <laughs> some of the CTU directors like, Oh, somebody tattled on me. I'm out for the night. I mean, look at what Janet goes. Janet probably goes through more than any other character who's in 24 episodes and she's only in six. So it's not just, Oh yeah. Well, you know, the, what, everything the writers want to do to Janet. Well, somebody needs to get run over this week. Let's have them run over Janet. She survives all this, and I think we also bring this up in the interview. You're gonna, you're gonna hear is like, is Janet possibly immortal? Because look at what she survives on this show. It's insane. And you mentioned at the beginning, I'll kind of echo what you said. We're not even necessarily joking. I mean, we haven't had Kiefer Sutherland on the show yet, but we've had some pretty big actors. I mean, Leslie Hope, the second to lead star of season one. Joaquim de Almeida, you know, main villain, not just 24, but in so many other of my favorite movies and all that. But when you said we've got Janet coming on the show, I probably had more genuine excitement than I did for some of these bigger actors. And that is how it should be, people. Let's be honest. We've said no to Keith Sutherland. He wants to be on the show. We said no. Not until we get the actress who played Janet York. No, it's just not happening. So now that we've done this, Kiefer, you can come on. Lou Diamond Phillips, just he won't leave us alone. <laughs> you know, he's just like, come on, guys. Like, I'm doing blue bloods. Help my brother out. I'm like, no. All right. Freddie Prince until- Jr., get in the oh. back seat until we're done with Janet. Katie Sackoff, just stop it. All right. I get it. You want us, but it's fine. <laughs> like, one day it will happen. Um, this is a great chat. You're going to enjoy this. Uh, we're going to shut up and you're going to hear it right now. Here is our chat with the one, the only, Jacqueline Rosen. Anyone who has been listening to our 24 recaps, no matter where you are right now in them, would know that we have become a bit of a fan of one character who appeared in the first six episodes of the first season. A character who... In all my years of watching TV and movies, I really don't know if I can say I've seen a character treated the way she was. And apparently, (laughs) Colin and I got a little bit too excited about how she treated, not in the bad way, because we felt legitimately so sorry for this character (laughs) that the writers of this show just seemed to want to just hurt her in myriad of ways every single episode. She was kidnapped. She was taken to a furniture store. She had what looked like decent sex with a... Yeah, roofied, roofied. yeah. Um, she had her arm broken, injected with heroin, held up at knife point, run over, left for dead, uh, then taken to hospital before her fake father killed her. <laughs> all, all in the meantime, her real father was also murdered and we've completely forgotten about him and the rest of her family. But anyway, she had a pretty 
tough six hours. Kim Bauer later on reckoned that she had a tough day. My God, if Janet York had survived, then that would have been a whole <laughs> different story. Uh, playing her in each of the six episodes in the first season of 24. We are so happy to be joined by the actress behind Janet York. You might remember her as Jacqueline Maxwell, but right now... You know her and recognise her as Jacqueline Rosen, and she's with us now. Jackie, it is a massive pleasure to have you on the Oz Network. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm so honoured. And uh, gosh, when you say it like that, yeah. She really, <laughs> Janet. Yeah. The longest she, day of her life. A... <laughs> yeah. I, I, we, we tracked down a, uh, a trading card that exists of Janet York, and... I just I want to read the description because I think this description undersells Janet. Um, it says, okay. an innocent victim of unkind fate, teenager Janet York was out for a good time with friend Kim Bauer and two cute, if a little edgy guys. This romp swiftly escalated into a nightmare when the boys turned out to be high-stakes kidnappers. Janet's date, Dan, was a truly sadistic creep. He broke the drunken girl's arm just to keep pensive Kim in line. Although eventually rescued, Janet was subsequently murdered in a hospital bed by kidnappers, brutal employee who was impersonating her also slain father, Alan York. Now, okay, it, it summarises it, but again, they're missing out the heroin. Yeah, they missed a lot. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah, I, I, would, I would be so intrigued to find out. How is the character of Janet York sold to you? When you get this script, okay. obviously for a brand new TV show that hasn't even been picked up past the pilot, I mean, is this sold as okay. girl who is going to be tortured for six hours or teenage girl who gets to have sex in a furniture store? Okay, well, so just so you know, I originally auditioned for the role of Kiefer's daughter. So I oh. was up for that role. And then in the end, I, I, I took it all the way, you know, I, I, I took it pretty far. And then in the end, um, they gave it to Alicia and they basically told my agent that if they had seen myself and Kiefer out to dinner, they would have thought that we might have been on a date. So <laughs> they wanted to give me the role of... Janet, the best friend. And at that point, I just moved from Australia. I didn't know what was, you know, I, I was just given a role. I was definitely not going to say no. I had no idea what was going to happen, obviously. But I was just excited and grateful to have a wonderful opportunity with incredible uh, people behind it. So, yeah, that's wow. how I got the role. <laughs> I always love these stories where, you know, somebody comes in and the producers just fall in love with that person. Like, you know, they're not right for this role, but let's hold them over somebody else. Um, one that pops into my head right now is Sebastian Stan, who auditioned for Captain America. And they said, no, but we'll, we'll keep you as the sidekick. And now he's got his own Marvel TV show, you know, as a, as a sidekick character. Uh, when you were going out for the Kim role, like you said, you got really close to the end of this. Uh, was it an immediate thing where they broke the news to you? Sorry, we don't want you for Kim, but we've got this other yes. role lined up. Yes. So it was, uh, it, you know, it's an emotional thing being an actor and, and, and getting so close and the callbacks and the testing and all this kind of stuff. So it's like, it's a lot of excitement and anticipation. And then um, I've, I've also had the, you know, you just didn't get it. It was out of you and two other girls and the, the other girl got it, whatever. So yeah, they basically said, you know, we, we, we're not going to give you the role, but we, we want to give you the role of um, her best friend. They didn't even really know what that character was going to be, but they knew that she was going to be the one that kind of, uh, you know, was getting in trouble, <laughs> I guess. 
I think they knew that they hated her, basically, what they were about to put her through <laughs> the next six episodes. Well, as well as because I was so close to um, to Kim and so they were using me as like, you know, so they weren't going to hurt, hurt Alicia's character, so they mm. just hurt me because, you know, I'm not as important, apparently. <laughs> or Which, Janet. I have to say, if you're not getting the role of Jack Bauer's daughter, I think the next best compliment is is that you look like you could go out on a date with Kiefer. I mean, <laughs> you know, I like I, I would take that. I mean, all right, cool, yeah. you can give me whatever you want. Do I get to go out on a date with Kiefer? I mean, you know. No, no, I did not. And I, yeah, no. Um, it was pretty cool, though, actually, because when we were shooting, Kiefer was a really kind and really cool. And I think um, we were about at when I was, I think I shot the pilot when I was 18, but when I shot the rest of the episodes, I was 19. And Alicia was 18. And, um, and, uh, he would just kind of like to spend time, just hang out, chat because he, it reminded him of his daughter at the same age. And I don't think he got to see her a lot at that time. So he was a really nice guy and the director too. Amazing guy. And every time we've talked to somebody, we we get the same answer to this, which I'm assuming we're going to get from you, but I'm guessing you go into this, you don't know how long you're going to be on the show or in your case, because it was going to be, you know, six episodes. Did, did you get the heads up? Listen, we've got you locked in for six episodes. Or was there you in your mind thinking potential for more after that? Um, well, on the last episode, they said we, everyone clapped and they said, this is her last episode. And if we were a vampire show, we would definitely have you come back, but unfortunately <laughs> we're not. So, you know, but they couldn't have been nice about, it. no, I don't think you ever really know. It's always uncertain, but, um, I think once the pilot was shot and then it got picked up and, um, they, then the writers just got busy writing and it was very confidential. You would never get, you would only get that one, um, that one script for the next episode. Sometimes they wouldn't even, they would just only give you the, um, your scenes. You wouldn't mm. really get to read the whole script. It was very kind of cutting edge and, and um, really different for that time doing the split screens and um, a lot of things they did. The African-American president was really wonderful to be a part of. We, we, we constantly said that clearly Barack Obama got elected because of, uh, you know, David Palmer. So, I mean, I think everyone knows that. <laughs> you hadn't been in uh, sort of Hollywood for that long. This is one of your very first roles. You had a, a bit of a role on, on Gilmore Girls, I believe, but before this. But, uh, I mean, sort of what's it like going from, you know, sort of a, a part in a show like Gilmore Girls and then this comes on your, on your desk and kind of, you know, you end up being in this basically for the longest that you've been in any sort of show. I mean, kind of, I guess at that point when you're sort of just starting there, you think, well, this Hollywood thing's pretty good. I get to be in a pretty big show straight away. I mean, this is this is, this is is quite fun. Yeah, I um, for those of you who don't know, I moved from Australia when I was 18, fresh out of high school, and um, I moved to Los Angeles and I... Uh, we had dear friends here that were in the Hollywood business. And so I stayed with them for the first two weeks and I had the opportunity to model and it wasn't my intention to stay in LA. I had a plan to travel to Europe and use modeling as a way to earn money and travel at the same time. I'd acted in Australia. My grandparents were actors. Um, But then I got an opportunity to have representation. I got a manager and I, as you said, I booked Gilmore Girls, which was one of those things where the casting directors were so amazing. I was actually in the pilot of the Gilmore Girls. I had one line 
And then they wrote me back, um, gave me a character because they liked me. And I had, uh, I think, four episodes on the Gilmore Girls. But yeah, I mean, after I had gotten this, I was like, wow, this is really exciting. You know, my family was excited for me. Um, I remember one night on set, um, the director was friends with um, uh, Naomi Watts, a wonderful, uh, inspiring actress that I love. And I remember uh, we were sitting around just eating uh, dinner on set and she kind of said something like, is this your first big, big break? And um, I was like, yeah. And if only I had just asked her, you know, because it's, it's, it takes a long time and, and I had gotten that job, but then it, you know, I wasn't the actor that was just kind of booking jobs uh, frequently. So there was mm -hmm. kind of long holds in between jobs. And um, she knows all about that because she struggled a lot in, in Los Angeles before she even got um, representation or anything. So, yeah, I kind of took you on a big, long tangent. But basically, yes, it was You're a very well exciting in this time. Show, that's what we do. <laughs> oh, good. I remember, like, I finally got to move out with my roommate and we, like, decked it out like I used some of the money that I earned to you know make my place nice and I felt very I was very um proud of myself and I felt like it was a real um in if I felt like a lot of independence from that show I got a lot of independence from being on that show and I know that uh, with most tv shows you know you're probably not filmed so far in advance nowadays you might film an entire season before it airs but back then maybe four to six weeks are banked before it actually goes to air. H had you finished rapping before this came out or did you get the opportunity to kind of like let people know, Hey, there's a show coming out, you know, it's going to be different. You know, uh, how long were you, were you even able to experience this show and the success and people recognizing you or you already wrapped at that point? I, I remember us having um, like a, a, a party, like a premiere party. So I feel like we, um, I, I really feel like we wrapped it. Um, and then we, we, we premiered it and then it was like out into the world, but don't quote me on that. We, we, I, that's what I believe, um, that we did that. I remember a party, we all went and celebrated and then it was like a premiere of, of the first episode. And then from that point, um, it was out into the world. I'd love to just quickly back to what you're talking about, sort of moving from Australia to Hollywood, and you mentioned sort of done some acting in Australia. I mean, at least, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe your IMDb page isn't completely up to scratch. I don't know. Did you did you ever do the sort of the the standardised? I'm going to appear in Home and Away or Neighbours or something <laughs> along those lines, or was it a case of no bugger those? I'm just going straight to Hollywood. I don't need those on my resume. Well, um, I growing up, I I was a model, and I modelled for. Um, for years, but I was always in high school. So I only got acting jobs through my modeling agency. My grandparents were actors. My grandfather was Max Osbiston. He acted with Laurence Olivier um, wow. in a lot of theater. My grandma did a lot of radio um, and, and theater. And so it was in my blood. And, um, and then uh, when I moved to America, so my birth name is Jacqueline Smith. And then when I moved to America and I became a part of SAG, I had to change my last name because in SAG, Screen Actors Guild, you can't have the same name as someone. Um, and so I used my grandfather's name, Maxwell. That's where that comes from. Right. And so that's probably why you didn't see that. So, no, I didn't do the Home and Aways, but I did a TV show that you probably haven't even heard of. I don't know how long it was around for, but it's called Breakers, and it was set in um, Bondi Beach. And it was uh, – maybe around for a couple seasons. And that was my like Australian television 
debut other than a couple of commercials. I want to say it sounds familiar. I really do. Because I feel like the 90s had so many of these random, like, let's yeah, set a breakers. show on the... Yeah, Because there was... was that Beach. Pacific Drivers also in the 90s as well, wasn't it? And, like, sort of those style of shows. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. We're gonna you're find not missing out. Yeah, you can check it out if you aren't. <laughs> We're definitely I'm looking this up. Googling it here. <laughs> I'm surprised there's been more shows set on Bondi Beach. Come on now. That's I know, right? Yeah. It's probably too expensive to film there, don't you think? They probably charge so much money. Maybe yeah. never know. Too much COVID now anyway. No one stays inside. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with Star Trek at all, but we equated your character to uh something that's become very well known in Star Trek called the red shirt, which uh essentially in the Star Trek TV series, movies or whatever, they all had the different colors of uniforms. And the red shirts were just the the random people who all, if somebody was going to die, it was always the red shirt, you know? <laughs> so the 24 version of that seemed to be Janet. Uh, when you're going throughout uh, your six episodes, did you reach a point that we kind of reached on our rewatch here where we're like, Janet just seems to have something new and violent happen to her every single week. And you just start to question, you know, hey, I can't wait for the script next week to see who's going to, like, you know, run over me with a car or inject <laughs> me with heroin. <laughs> no, but I, I will say this, that there was a moment because we did a lot of night shoots, obviously, as you can tell. And um, the scene where I get hit by a car, we were in downtown Los Angeles, basically like in the um, – right smack bang where there's this old abandoned hotel which has now become like I mean a, a crack house basically with like a bunch of people just sick and on drugs and I had to lay on in the in the alleyway um that smelt like pee and um <laughs> lay down like I've been hit by a car and the people who were like high or whatever started throwing um, glass bottles out of the hotel from like the, you know, this is a big high building. It's like really dangerous. So they had wow. to like stop the shooting and I had to get up. It was like scary. I was laying on the ground and it's like, so that was pretty hectic. I remember like, wow, that's pretty hardcore. Um, I'm like really in the thick of it here. And even though that we're shooting and I'm kind of protected, I'm like in this really, really, I would never be here at night <laughs> um, <laughs> by myself. I was actually about to ask about the, you know, the, the, the shoot you did the night shoots because with 24, you know, I would assume the majority of the characters are indoors. They're on set, whether it's CTU or David Palmer's living room. And you're pretty much the, in the only storyline that was all outside. So how much of your six episodes, I guess, until you get to the hospital, was it all exterior shoots? And in that case, what were night shoots like? Was it something you were experienced with and how many hours you even get in a night? <laughs> Was your body adjusted yeah. to that yet? No, <laughs> it was a whole <laughs> new world of night shoots. But I was just a humble 18, 19 year old girl from Australia who was like so excited to be on this. Um, and the night shoot thing, yeah, most of it was outside. I think there was like some scene in a car, you know, when Alicia and I are in the car driving there. The only other scene is like in that lovely furniture store, which was like deep <laughs> in the valley, the San, San Bernardino Valley. Um, but, yeah, everything was pretty much outside. I remember like having the trailers outside and kind of being in, you know, not so great areas. Um, but, uh yeah, it was pretty much all outside. I remember I think probably call time would be like something like 5 p.m. or something like that, and we'd probably be done like 5, 6 in the morning, something like that. So it was pretty pretty full on. I have to ask a question just to, to help Colin and I out maybe where we went wrong in our teenage years. Uh, 
Jackie. So um, is there just this deep, unseated thing for teenage girls where a furniture store is like an aphrodisiac? Because like we were, we were wondering this. Like, did we go wrong when we were eighteen, not not picking up girls and taking them to the local furniture store? Because I mean, you went there and and you meet Dan and I yeah, mean, but it's you love. know what he did. He yeah. put drugs in my drink. Like, it's yeah. not like that was... The furniture store had nothing to do with it, is what she's saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was a really interesting scene to shoot, um, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> we just walked into the furniture... First of all, I'm like, this. no offence to the people who own the furniture store, but it's not my cup of tea. So it was, like, <laughs> kind of interesting. And then, um, yeah, I mean, he, he, he drugged me. That's really what happens in that scene. And from that point, then I'm just kind of like... Or out of it and drugged thank goodness never been um roofied but apparently when that happens you, you don't really have any control well going along with that you know you spend a large chunk of the season as you said kind of out of it <laughs> and uh between like the, the breaking the arm and getting run over by a car i mean was there a lot of stunt work that was involved did you get to do any of the stunts yourself or did they sort of just hand you off in these more violent scenes to a stunt person no, the only stunts that I, like, I did everything other than getting hit by the car and, which was so silly, I, on my last scene, there's a stunt woman and I said, um, aren't I just dying, like, in the bed? Like, do I need a stunt woman? And they're like, yeah, we're going to get a stunt woman. And I just was like, I can do that. That's not, like, I just have to, like, you know. So that they got a stunt for that, which I was kind of really? like, um not necessary and a bit confused as to why they did that. But I guess they wanted like a really, uh, who knows, whatever. So the only stunts that were done by a wonderful stunt um, woman was the actual getting hit by a car. And then that last scene where I'm basically getting strangled to death. Wow. So you really got injected by heroin and your arm broken then clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And actually in the scene um, where I'm in the, in the bus and the van and I'm just waking up and, um, and Kim's trying to get me to to go. I remember in the scene, like my face started twitching, like, <laughs> like it was so perfect. The director was like, "Did you mean to do that?" I was like, "No, it just happened." He's like, "Great." Does he say yes? So that then your your um you know reputation? Oh, she can twitch on cue. Like, get this girl like <laughs> You're constantly in every roofied. project that I'm ever gonna make. Furniture <laughs> stores. I, yeah, Stephen Hopkins, a director, he is a really cool guy. And if you guys ever get to interview him, you should, because he's just really, really cool. And I don't know if you know something about the 24 uh, first season, but did you know that he used to hide something in every scene? Has anyone ever told you this before? No. Oh my gosh. Now, now I'm the first to person this. to tell yes. you. Oh, right. Ground. Please Come tell on. us. We're going to have to do another rewatch of season one after this. Yeah. Okay. So you have to be really careful, but. The director's just a super cool guy. I couldn't talk enough about how I just thought he was a great guy. Great director, really fun on set and sometimes too fun. And like, I would have to kind of like keep myself together when he would call scene. So he had this, like, I don't know how it started. You'd have to talk to him or someone else about it, but he had this like stuffed teddy bear. I don't remember the name, <laughs> but it. I don't know how it started, but it just started with like him and like the set guys where each scene they would literally hide this teddy bear in the set. And like, <laughs> even in my dying, the last scene, they were like, where, where are we going to hide it? Where are we going to hide And they like hit it like, so like, look out. Sometimes it's really not, you, you probably won't even be able to see it, but they literally, I don't know why he did that. Wow. It was just like this silly little thing 
but like it was really funny actually because it was wow. like where's he gonna hide it next yeah you know okay. we, we mentioned there was uh well <laughs> we, we had mentioned that um uh carlos bernard had like a chicago cubs cup which is sort of the, the fans have named this thing cubby, cubby. So we are going to name this teddy bear. So we're going to discover it. And from this day forward, it's going to be named Janet. Yeah. That's oh, the teddy bear's all name. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that treated was definitely not its name. I wish yeah. I could have remembered the name. Yeah, true. Wow. But I'm, it, was, I'm it was just kind of a funny thing. I'm surprised it didn't get picked up because, I mean, yeah, as Colin mentions Cubby, I mean, the the fans of 24 got weird because, like, Cubby <laughs> got, like, its own Wikipedia page. Then Jack Bauer's Man Bag basically got its own <laughs> Wikipedia. Like, the fans oh. of 24 seem to love random objects, so I don't know why that this teddy bear has no, never right. become a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, but it's I don't on think Wikipedia anyone now. Really... <laughs> right, but I think it was just, like, an on-set kind of, like, joke thing. Um Anyway, but I knew about it, so it was in all all of our scenes. Well, we need maybe we he need just to track it down. Maybe need maybe yeah. the bear needs to be interviewed or, or something along those lines. It's, I mean, you mentioned uh, sort of yeah. So Janet gets, I guess, roofied in in the opening bit. Um, you've got dear old Dan. Now, um, the, the the beauty of Twenty Four is that you know, particularly in the first season when people are still starting to watch it, kind of. It's that reveal of when someone's evil, you know, and I guess a lot of the people we've talked to from the later seasons, we sort of ask, like, do you think you're evil or that you're or good? And like, oh, I never know until a certain point. Was it kind of clear from that pilot episode, obviously how it ends, we find out that Rick and Dan are sort of not as who they seemed. But did you kind of go into that first scenes filming with Matthew knowing that he was a bad dude and that he was going to be doing bad things to you? Or was that yeah. kind of revealed later on? No, we, we knew. Yeah, we knew. Because I think we shot that pretty soon, you know, off the bat. So I think it was kind of pretty right at the beginning that, like, he was a great guy. Actually, we hung out and we just I had a great relationship with everybody on set. And we actually had the same manager at the time. So um, it was kind of funny. I remember driving to set with him one day and just like thinking, oh, this is so funny because later you're going to like try to kill me and break my arm. But we're like (laughs) hanging out and having fun. That's not when he turns to you and, and goes, chatting. well, it's funny you say that. I'm a method actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember my mum. It was hard for my – well, first of all, I have four sisters and one of my – a few of my sisters couldn't even watch that last scene and um, nor could my mum. My mum my, my could because she's into acting and she gets it, but my sisters were just like, I can't watch you be strangled to death. I'm sorry. I know it's not real, but I'm not watching it. <laughs> well, it wasn't you. Just tell her it was a stunt woman. <laughs> Yeah, true. <laughs> the good old now, stunt woman. Because you film so much of your stuff, you know, um, exteriors and all that, uh, I, I'm going to hope that at some point you got to interact with some of the other cast members. Did you ever really get to to meet and hang out with uh, you know, Kiefer, Leslie, uh, anybody else outside of Alicia yes. and the, the two guys? Yes, Dennis was just a... I couldn't... I mean, everybody. He is so lovely and kind and just his... Um, he is just so warm and loving and he, we spent some time together, just Alicia and I, he was a great guy. Um, I can't remember her name, but the girl who played the one who jumps out of the, um, Oh, the, how, Mira Kirshner. Yeah. Yeah. So she's a lovely girl. We, we got to spend some time together and Leslie, she's really, I really liked her and the boys too. I mean, we spent a lot of time with the boys obviously, but, um, yeah, I feel like at meals and I feel like everyone was very 
you know, um, wanting everyone to kind of get to know each other. And Kiefer, I feel like Kiefer really kind of set the bar with that because, you know, it's he was, I'd say, the biggest, obviously the biggest star on the show even before it began. And um, I just felt like his way of just being very kind and go out of his way to talk to people, even, um, you know, even the crew people, craft service, stuff like that. He was just a very kind guy. And um, whenever we just kind of had moments, he would always go out of his way to say hi and see how we were doing and check in with Alicia and I. It's, it, we will have a question about, we've got a standard keeper question that we ask all our guests, uh, which we'll ask you at some point, Jackie. But uh, we, we, we had Daniel Bess on the show a couple of months ago and sort of Dan talked a little bit about sort of, yeah, the, the experiences of filming and we talked about you and, and your character and that sort of stuff. But, I mean, it, it must be when you're on a, a, a new show, it's not like you're obviously joining this, you know, fifth season or something like that, you know, you're there from the beginning. So you're kind of all there from the ground up. So I guess that must make it a unique experience when, you know, we're getting to know you guys on screen, but then you're getting to know each other off screen to so kind of have those moments where you're all sort of these young, fresh actors. I mean, Alicia was obviously very, you know, new to Hollywood at that point. She too, was, so. I love it. She was there with her best friend, I believe Jen. And uh, she was just, I, I love Alicia. We we had a we have a great friendship, and we we would hang out on the weekends. And I actually in, we me and my roommate introduced to one of her boyfriends at the time. We would go to Malibu on the weekend. Alicia was like fresh out of uh, Canada, um, but she had worked a lot in Canada. Um, she was very professional, you know. I was very inspired by her. She may have been the youngest, but I definitely felt like she was very. Uh, professional and experienced. She did a lot of, uh, in Canada, uh, work for educational things. Like when you're at school, I don't yeah. know, back in the day, and they would show you like a video. I don't know if you knew that about her, but that's how she kind of got started. Well, I, 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 when she was on the show, I recognized her and it was one of these things. It's like, oh, she's, she's on TV. She does like these kids shows. I think oh, there was one, so uh, it might've been popular mechanics for kids if I remember right. But yeah, she was on that. And I'm yeah. like, I've seen her before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and she got, you know, she she was stoked. She, you know, she got that job and it changed her life. How do you just on that? I mean, obviously, because you went for that role. I mean, you know, not to take away from Alicia, but I mean, your life could have been on a completely different direction. Do you think that you, how do you think you would have handled that if all of a sudden you were, you know, thrust into that spotlight that Alicia obviously got from being on 24? I'm, you know, I'm, it's something that I believe if it was meant to be in that moment, I would have been completely ready. I don't think you can ever be ready, but I just think I love the art of acting and just being creative that uh, to be given that opportunity and that kind of security. Yeah, that would have been amazing. But I also got very close to getting the role on Lost too. So I think about that as well, but you know, that's just, you can think about those kinds of things or, but it's all, it makes, it made me a lot stronger. That's for sure. Cause you know, the things that you don't get, the things that are maybe challenging, I believe if you can look at it, you can really grow from that. And as I said, I would have been really excited to get the role that Alicia got, but I got the role I got, it was meant to be. And I'm, my life definitely changed, you know, in a way being on that show for sure. Just not as big. I'm going to interrupt Colin here. You, uh, mm -hmm. you dropped me a carrot there, Jackie. <laughs> as as a Lost fan and another show we cover here on the Oz Network, I need to know, who did you try out for and Lost? With, for the Aussie, for uh, Emily's role. Oh, 
You could have been Claire. Wow. Okay. Claire, that was her name. Yeah. Now, now we. Okay. It's so too. funny you say that because we we absolutely love Janet York. We love it a bit. She's in it for six episodes. But my co-host on that one, Noah, we have a pretty fun time over the the episodes that we've done so far of ripping into dear old Claire. We're not a huge <laughs> fan, so I'm kind of glad that you became Janet, not Claire, because otherwise I don't know if we'd be having you on the show right now. Sorry, Emily DeRabin. We like you as an actress, but your character. <laughs> holy crap. That's interesting. I yeah. would have loved to hear you. Can yeah. You, okay. Can I can I please get you to give me a my baby? Where's my baby? <laughs> really? Yeah, I need to hear my it. Baby. <laughs> my baby. My baby, where's my baby? Perfect. Yeah, there you go. Robbed. You should have been clear. <laughs> yeah. Just it was just refreshing um, because obviously coming from um, Australia, 99.9% of the time I always had to do an American accent. So I was just like, yes, I get to just be Australian. Yes, thank goodness, you know. <laughs> uh, it was really, I was grateful for that experience. Uh, now, what Ben was saying about, uh, you know, had you gone to became just, just to put it out there, we recently recapped an episode which won't air for a little while where Kim is, you know, in in jail and goes on a rant to somebody, kind of has her big empowering moment about, you know, I've had the worst day of my life and this and this and this. And we basically walk away from saying, wait a second, did Kim just have the worst day of her life? Did Janet have the worst day of her life? <laughs> so I'm putting it out there. <laughs> Janet went through far more than Kim did and probably has more right to, uh, to go down in history as like a character that, you know, uh, went through the ringers on 24 than Kim, well, in, I guess, any of her seasons. Yes, definitely. And she was just there to, you know, help me get out of it um, and to watch it all happen in front of her eyes. <laughs> but yes, I was the one that had to have all the terrible things happen. Did, did you actually, when you got each script, did you legitimately tell them, come on, guys, like, you know, poor Janet, leave her alone. Like, I mean, it's just, seriously, it's, it's I mean, I don't know how many times I've watched 24 through, but I cannot legitimately think of another character in the entire, you know, nine, ten wow. seasons, however you classify of 24, who literally gets treated as shit as Janet. Like, I just, I, I can't think of anyone. And you're only in it for the six episodes and this poor I know, girl. but at that point, I'm, like, so young and green, as you would say. I'm I'm not saying anything, you know. I'm just like, yes, no, sure, you know. Um, but I, do, I was in the Dukes of Hazard, and I do, I, I will have to say that the, the line, I think I'm going to Chanda, I did tell the director, we don't say that. Please don't let me say that. And he was like, <laughs> You're saying it too bad. So, um, but maybe I had been in it a little longer, so I had a little more experience. But yeah, when it was 24, I just was grateful to be on it. So um, I just read a script and that was what I had to do. And it kind of happened really quick. We shot it really fast. I feel like it all just kind of happened really quick. And then it was released out into the world. And did you get invested in the show after you were off? Like, did you continue to watch it? Um. I watched the first season, but I, I think after that, I wasn't as um, as into it. I think I watched like the first couple seasons um, when it was actually happening, and then after the fact, went back and looked at some other some mm. other seasons too, especially the last season. All jokes aside about Janet, I mean, your character is basically involved in probably the first real big twist of Twenty Four when we find out that obviously this guy we think is your father 
he's not really your father. And we, of course, get the famous scene of, you know, you saying, Dad, and then, oh, who are you? And then comes in and obviously kills you. So, I mean, this is the thing I think your impact of, of your character is that when 24 fans think of the first real big twist, that's that's part of it. And 24 are a show renowned for its twist. So, you know, you, you still leave an it's impact cool. on this show. So, I mean, that must be a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, and actually that you say that, I didn't know that he wasn't my father until like probably halfway through shooting. So I thought he was my father. So they kind of played that on. They didn't actually reveal that he was going to, in fact, kill me and he wasn't my father until probably the episode before he actually kills me. Which just on that, it's it's funny because you say how you tried out for the role of Kim Bauer, didn't quite get that one. Of course, Richard Berge famously tried out for the role of Jack Bauer. So in a different universe, you could have been Jack Bauer's wow. daughter and he could have been Jack Bauer. That's cool. Could have been Kiefer killing Alicia <laughs> in that scene rather than, you know, Richard killing Yeah, imagine Jacqueline. Kiefer is Alan York and Alicia is Janet. Wow. <laughs> But it's all perfect because Kiefer was, it's perfect, you know. He was so amazing at Adam Bauer. We talked a little bit on here, uh, as Ben said, we're going to have a Kiefer question coming up. But uh, when this show came out, I mean, it was a different time. Nowadays in television, it doesn't matter how big of a movie star you are, you're going to have your own TV show. That didn't happen in 2001. Uh, Were you familiar enough with Kiefer Sutherland or you realized like what a big deal this was? Because I remember, I mean. It, it helped that he's Canadian, you know, but I remember this being like, everybody was talking, listen, Kiefer Sutherland is doing television. And and really from that point on, I mean, A, it has a lot to do with the show 24 and how that changed TV by we're going to serialize storylines. And then the second part being we can get major movie stars and it's not a step down to do TV. I mean, were you kind of conscious of what a big deal this was and what a big deal it would end up becoming? Yes, definitely. Um, really familiar with Kiefer Sutherland. And his father. Um, but I remember knowing, like being on set and kind of the whisperings, like this is like a big thing for Kiefer because if it doesn't work out, like mm. he's doing TV and the TV doesn't work out, then that's yeah. like not so great for his reputation, right? So I do remember a bit of that. But I, I just feel like anyone that read the first script, how I mean, it just had so much stuff in it that hadn't been um, – I just felt like it was so kind of cutting edge, just forward of forward thinking. So I don't think it ever was a doubt in most people's mind that it wasn't going to, you know, I don't think anyone could ever imagine it was going to be as successful as it was. But um, yeah, he's an incredible actor. And so he did a big thing of doing that TV show. And then I think obviously that enabled him to like have more work in the end, obviously, because it kind of gave him another um, little bit of energy in his career. And it kind of turned him into, because he was so renowned for playing the villain. Like he was just always a bad guy in everything he played. And then all of a sudden he's now this hero that basically has gone on to often voted as, you know, one of the biggest heroes in in television. Our our standard Kiefer question, Jackie, is... um, Kiefer Sutherland stories, anything like we, we uh, usually around alcohol, like as in a good thing, we're not trying to say anything, but like we've had some very memorable... I, I, well, I feel like they've got something to tell us now. We've had some, particularly from season one, where uh, we had a very memorable story about him lending someone a Porsche. So I don't know if he ever lent you a Porsche, but, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's a great, I think he's a great guy. Um, but I do remember a party where he probably had a little bit too much alcohol <laughs> And uh, I think there was a little showing off involved between um, him and someone else because they were trying to show off in front of a particular actress. 
<laughs> and a um, little bit of ego thing happening. And anyway, <laughs> one thing led to another. And the next thing I know, there's like he fell over and it was like a broken glass table. Wow. Okay. Well, I was going to say it wasn't a Christmas like tree, was it? <laughs> no. I, it was just like this weird thing. I just remember we were at the party and everyone was celebrating, having fun. And I think he just had a little bit too much alcohol and just like getting a little bit rowdy. And then they were like wrestling or something. And then they kind of lost control and like fell over and kind of broke the table. I just remember that. But no one got hurt. It was just like a weird kind of rowdy thing. You know, I'm starting to put a different picture of Kiefer Sutherland in my head now because the, the last interview that Ben and I did was with uh, an actor from season four, James Morrison. And he told us about Kiefer basically essentially being barefoot on set and drop, dropping his gun on his foot and having like a big swim. So I just, I don't know if I'm picturing Kiefer Sutherland as like a real life stuntman. It's like, like Tom Cruise, I'm willing yeah. to do anything physical yeah. or, if, or if he's yeah. just accident prone. I don't know, maybe it's one or the other. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely an accident, but uh, it was just a funny thing. I actually haven't thought about it in a long time. I just remember um, that. But, you know, all jokes aside, um, at the end of the day, he really is a great guy. And I just have to say, like, coming from doing basically nothing and being like this young girl, um, to have him be like the star of the show and to have him be such a gentleman on set and be so kind and... um, just like anything, you know, that he could do to help make the scene or anything more comfortable, um, he did. So uh, that's just like one little funny story after the fact at a party. But on set, great guy, very professional. Um, couldn't speak more highly about him. One thing that we've never really mentioned with any of the season one uh, cast that we've had on the show is they remade the first season of 24 in both India and now Japan. Um, and I, I, I mean, we've not watched them. That's on our long-term to-do list, but it'd be fascinating to watch that. Cause I'm seeing here, at least according to 24 wiki that it says in the 2013 Indian remake, Janet's counterpart is Janvi Gupta. So, um, I, I don't know if you ever get the time to track down the Indian version. You can wow. see what your character is like in the Indian 24. Yeah. I'm doing it. How do I yeah. do that? I just Google it. I uh, yeah, they showed it on. Um, I mean, you'd know this channel. They showed it on SBS. I remember years and yeah. years ago when it happened. Um, and I think <laughs> so I caught like funny. a bit of it. But um, yeah, the Japanese one I think is only very recently. I think the Japanese ones only been done wow. in the last twelve months. Funnily enough, but yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of see like, do they treat Janet or Jamvi as as bad as they do in India as they you know, <laughs> did in America? Maybe they're a lot kinder to her. I don't know. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny! How does that? Why do they? They're doing it now after so many years. They're just redoing the first. They're making their own twenty-four yeah, just in Japan. I'm, I'm not sure how it happened for Japan. I know for um, the Indian version. So Anil Kapoor, who uh, obviously Slumdog Millionaire was very big for that, but he had played a prominent role in season eight. And I think he became wow. very good friends with Kiefer and sort of said like, hey, this could work over in India. Can, and I think he did some deal gotcha. and negotiated with Fox. And I think they got two seasons cool. out of the Indian 24. But mm-hmm. um, no, because he's obviously probably India's Kiefer Sutherland. So like, you know, how yeah. it works, he can do it. But um, yeah, Japan, right. I don't know. It was random. It was just one of these things that all of a sudden it was like, there's going to be a Japanese 24. And it's like, okay, <laughs> why not? I'd like to see an Australian 24. That would work, you know? That would be pretty cool. <laughs> You yeah. imagine that the, the line of Jack Bauer saying "damn it" would probably be a bit more, um, you know, uncensored for Australia. So <laughs> yes, definitely. What a twenty-four hours it was! Oh my gosh. 
now we mentioned a little bit, I uh, said about Gilmore Girls and even uh, told us about Dukes of Hazard. Uh, when I was looking through filmography though, there was one thing that stood out to me and I'm just going to ask you this very quickly because uh, I, I don't know if I've seen, I've seen both of these shows, but I don't know if I can place your episodes, but you were on both CSI and Charmed. And if this is right, you played a vampire on both. Is that true? I play well on on Charmed. I played a vampire queen. So <laughs> get it right, that. Colin. More important. And then, <laughs> and then on CSI, I I wasn't a vampire. I was like I can't remember the technical word they say. It was like basically a person dressing up like full goth style. Like was it a sang- sanguinarian? Be- was it was that the term? I can't remember, but it was one episode where it's like a we're like having the set. Yeah, it's so I'm not exactly I'm not an actual vampire. I'm just like I dress mm. like it's more goth. goth so you're style. not typecast maybe- when you're saying about Janet being a vampire. Yeah. Like you were secretly a vampire the whole time. <laughs> That's how she survived so much in that season. <laughs> Still alive yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I just yeah, this constant going about you know Claire could have been a vampire and lost and everything along those lines. So it's sort of I mean. At least, again, according to what we're reading on IMDb, and you never sort of, you know, take that for gospel. It seems as though you haven't acted uh, in a while. I mean, is that a case where, where you haven't sort of, you, you know, you got to a certain point and you, you changed direction or kind of have you got more stuff going on that perhaps uh, we're just not seeing online? I mean, sort of what have you been up to, I guess, really, since sort of, uh, you know, some of those last roles? So, well, um, I haven't. I um, basically, after I did Charmed, I got married and I decided to um not pursue acting and i have two children and um we opened a yoga studio my husband and i and um it wasn't until last year that i was in um my sarah carter actually wrote and directed i have to say carter could you say carter (laughs) you're australian you'd understand um sarah carter she wrote and directed a film called his wake and um i have a small role in that so that's something um, and, you know, after I had my kids, I tried to, I was in acting school, I was auditioning, I was, I'm a singer, a musician, I'm teaching yoga, doing that, all of it. And um, I just realized I, I can't do it all. So um, I'm open to it in the future. I'd love to um, maybe do something down the road, but I'm, I'm certainly not like pursuing. I don't have any representation or anything like that. But living in LA and having friends in the business, things like, you know, my friend saying I have a role and. I want you to be in it, stuff like that. I'm definitely going to say yes to. Um, And I'm just grateful for you guys for calling me up and getting you to do this, uh, getting me to do this interview. And I love that you love Janet so much. I mean. It was was so funny how it kind of came about because like we sort of, you know, I think tracked down your management and your management said like, oh, like, you know, like it's been a long time since we've we've represented Jackie. This is our last, you know, contact we've got for her. Give it a go, and it worked because here you are. So we we were. So who? So you went to Untitled to Stephanie, and then they. I led believe you to so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and they cool. were they were very polite. They were just kind of like, oh no, yeah. it's been a while, but like this is our last contact. Yeah. Give it a go. And I said, I remember saying to Colin because uh, when we were tracking down people, we're like, we've we've got to get we've got to get Jackie. We need to find her. Like this would be like the best interview. And then so when they said that, we're like, ah, oh, yeah, this probably won't work. But when you replied. I just, I think I like in large capitals to Colin was like, yeah. we found Janet. <laughs> <laughs> she That's said so yes. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Stephanie at Untitled, um, they're incredible. She really took me under her wing and I'm really grateful to her. And um, yeah, Avalon was the last uh, agency that I was with and 
Um, and, uh, and I'm grateful for all those people that I met in my life. I'm great. I'm glad they gave you my information and you found me. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to tell you, you, you had mentioned off air knowing Sarah Carter is she's from my hometown. I'm a, I'm actually a really big Sarah Carter fan, as we mentioned, you know, Smallville huh. and other things. So now that I know that there's this movie that she's making and you're going to be in it, I mean, I'm going to be looking for this thing as soon as it comes out. Do you know anything about right. whether this is going to be, you know, released online? Is it a theatrical thing? Is it a short? Um, it's a theatre. It's a film. It's a full length feature and um, it's all independent. And um, I, I'm not, she doesn't have a release date yet. I'm sure she's trying to, uh, I haven't spoken with her recently, but uh, I'll keep you posted on that. And I, mm. I, I have a, have a good feeling that it's probably going to be coming out this year for sure by the nice. end of the year, I would say. Yeah. She's incredible. She's really talented. I've known her since I was 18. Actually, when I first moved to America, she was friends with my roommate and I have a memory of all sitting around. There's this kind of well-known cafe in Hollywood. It's called earth cafe. It's on Melrose. And we were all sitting around 18 years old and we were just kind of thinking like, I wonder where we're going to be in 20 years, you know? And then I last a few months ago, I was on set um, shooting a film that she wrote and directed. And I was so proud of her. I was like, look at, look at you. Like, yay, look at us. This is great. great. So great. it's pretty cool to have friends in the business for that long and still be friends with them and to see them watch to grow and to be there to support, mm -hmm. to be a part of it. But before we let you go, Jackie, I, I've, I've, I've tracked down Breakers. I'm looking at it now. I'm just reading here that the, <laughs> the series revolves around the Breakers building situated near Bondi Beach and the lives of the people who work there. The building houses three businesses, all run by the same family. You've got Breakers Modeling School, which is run by Paul Simons. The Breaker, a local newspaper, and Kate's Cafe. Now, as a journalist, I can usually say that often where I've worked is not really next to the local modeling school, but maybe I'm working in the wrong areas. Clearly I wasn't at Bondi, but I'm just looking at the cast here. James Stewart, Ada Nicodemo, yeah. like early roles. Like, uh, you yeah. know, it seems like you had a few sort of people there, but, um, Simon, like, what was that guy's name? Simon. Is it? Uh, actor's name? Simon. Are we talking Simon Baker or a different? No, Simon? no. He was in that show and he, isn't his name Simon. He was one of the lead guys. Uh, I've got John Atkinson. Um, huh. I don't see Simon. Maybe, maybe he could have changed yeah. his name. Maybe he was incognito back then. But yeah, so, James. This... That... I remember him. So I'm just trying to see. So I oh, was a Network 10 show. I was going to say, what network did this air on? But it was it was a Network 10 show. Okay. You're into this breakers. You're going to look I it up. Am. I need to find this. We're going to be recapping like, this by next week. Random I don't 90s. think you are. Uh, okay. Probably wouldn't take us long by the sounds of things. I don't think it really yeah. lasted that long. But um, yeah. wow, geez, because it's it's funny. Whenever we discover an Australian actor and anything that we're covering, it's like I literally play bingo. I'm like, okay, they're either in Home and Away, Neighbours, Blue Healers, know, All right? Saints, Heartbreak High, right. Water Rats. There's something there. Like it, it's kind of like with American <laughs> but I actors. I found something there. You did, you did. American actors are always in one of the Law and Orders. So it's like, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, find them somewhere. It's like bingo, basically. Uh, also, before we let you go, Jackie, do you have any uh, social media, anything you want to plug, uh, your yoga business? I mean, anything out yeah. there that our listeners can sort of uh, see what you're up to? Definitely. Um, well, our yoga, it's, I would need to write it. It's like not as um, easy to just say, but it's called Bhakti Yoga Shala. That's B-H-A-K-T-I, yoga. And then Shala, which means home h s h a l a 
So that's, you can go on um, Instagram, Facebook, all that. And if you go to that, you'll see in the bio that there's my um, individual Instagram there. And that's pretty much what I use mostly these days, Instagram. I don't, I use Facebook a little bit, but not as much. So um, you can go there and, and check it out. And um, as soon as uh, my friend Sarah's going to release her movie, I'll definitely let you guys know. Maybe I'll oh, get please. you guys in contact with Sarah. She's a great friend, and I'm sure she would love to do an interview with you guys. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mate, mate, Colin, a very happy man. I think that would yeah. that would uh, that would definitely work. Cool. Jackie, it's it's been a lot of fun, uh, as we've constantly said. You know, uh, we we love Janet, absolutely love her. Uh, we always it's funny you mentioned Lost because uh, you know Noah and I over on Lost seem to really glorify the character of Boone when not many people seem to like Boone but I mean it's Ian Summerholder so how can you not like that character so we always seem to pick some <laughs> character on all of our shows we cover mm-hmm. that we glorify and we love them they need more love Janet York is that character on 24 Aww, but uh, thank it's you so been much a honor to track you down honor to chat with you and uh, yeah. an honor to learn a little bit more about your time on 24 Thank you so much. I'm so honored that you found me, tracked me down, and uh, um, I hope my Kiefer Sullivan story doesn't get me in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) No, but really, thank you so much. It was was an honor. (laughs) (laughs) It's just one day. Format. (laughs) One day we're going to remember that they ended it on like the most depressing note. And we're just going to come in and be like, ah, um, but uh, a lot of, lot of fun. Really appreciate Jackie's time. And I just like, I need to go back and rewatch Lost now. And like, I feel like I've like been so mean to Emily DeRaven. It's nothing to do with Emily DeRaven. It's no different to what we will talk about. And you're not hearing it yet, but when it comes to like, you know, we love Leslie Hope, but some of the material she gets later in this season isn't exactly fantastic. So um, I saw Emily DeRaven in Santa Slay. Maybe Jacqueline could have been in Santa Slay instead. Who knows? But um, wow. Different, different well, actress in Lost. Forget about that. I mean, I, I'm seriously wanting to go back and rewatch some of these early episodes to find the Janet teddy bear in there. Cause like, I've never heard that story before. And I, I mean, we've dug through a lot of trivia on 24. It also just gives me a different picture of Stephen Hopkins. Cause you know, we we've talked so much in season one and you're we're going to continue to talk all the way to the end of the season about Stephen Hopkins being the cinematic director, the, the equivalent of what we talked about Kiefer in this interview as somebody who you wouldn't expect would be doing television because they were a big deal in movies and they're doing television that I almost had this picture in my mind of this very serious, you know, all right, action, everybody. And I want like serious just to hear that he's like this, you know, fun guy on set and that he's hiding teddy bears. Like we really <laughs> got to talk to Stephen Hopkins now and get him to pinpoint where are these teddy bears? Cause I need to see those now. Well, again, now that we've had Jacqueline Rosen on the show, we can say yes to all these people who have kept, we kept <laughs> saying no, basically. I know, yeah, Third Watch did a similar thing where they would uh, often try and hide the I Heart New York logo in scenes where they could. I mean, it was a little less subtle, you know, because, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you can easily have a cop with an I Heart New York mug. But, um, yeah, I, I need to I need to find this too. I'm, I One thing I will say, disappointed that a stunt woman got choked by Richard oh, Berge. Yeah. Like, like, what, what are they scared that Richard Berge is such a method actor that he's going to actually kill Jackie? <laughs> oh no, this Richard Berge, he's got a reputation. Like, uh, you know, we kill a stunt woman, that's fine. But like, uh, I mean, of all the things and- to have a stunt woman for, I mean, come on. I mean, they had no concerns throughout the whole season of we're going to do this to Jackie. We're going to do this to Jackie. We're going to do this to Jackie. Now it's like, you know what? It's this one shot and she's done. No, we yep. want to be careful here because we might use you at some point in the future. But maybe, hey, maybe they had ideas about bringing Janet back. 
and and once and for all, we have had it confirmed. Furniture stores don't help <laughs> when it comes to picking up women. So yes. I feel good now. Like, not saying the other things are good. That's that's worse. But like, furniture yeah. stores not the secret place to, to take your dates. Basically, uh, all serious note, Jackie. Thanks so much for joining us. It was a lot of fun. Our twenty four coverage obviously continues. Where you know uh, we're past the Janet stuff now, obviously, but we've still got plenty to come. Uh, as we we've let's let's spoil it. We've recorded all of season one. Uh, we're just obviously airing it all through there now. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. I actually looked it up, Colin, in terms of the amount of hours it took us to cover twenty four season one. Uh, it would take you less time to rewatch twenty four season one <laughs> than it would to listen to our coverage of twenty four season one. I know what I. I'd rather be doing so uh, and of yes. course we we did it all real time as well so yeah we're just recovering we look you know. forward to how how badly tired we are at the end of this forget Kiefer and david you know <laughs> we pulled an all-nighter for this exactly exactly uh also outside of our 24 coverage of course our breaking bad coverage and i'm very impressed that this man on the line with me has started yeah. now did you start re-watching it because of our coverage are we can you say that I, or were you just like oh finally i should watch this show i've i've had so many people tell me over the years you and nick being two of them you know, watch breaking bad uh and i've always sort of held off because i'm like i don't you you mentioned something when uh what was it, Game of Thrones was ending about, you know, I, I don't, I don't need to get into Game of Thrones. I'm sure it's a wonderful show. You're like, I'm sure I would love it, but I don't need another thing to invest myself in. And I might've been the one person who kind of understood what you were saying with that <laughs> uh, because I had the same reaction to Breaking Bad. I'm like, Oh, it's such, such a great show, but like, do I need to invest myself in, you know, that long? And when you said you were covering it, I think you had mentioned to me, it's probably not even going to take us that long. Cause there's only like 50 something episodes. Like that sounds doable. And if I don't have to worry about, oh, I, I need to binge watch this all in one shot and I can kind of watch along with you guys. I'm like, that sounds like something I can invest two hours a week, an hour to watch and an hour to listen to you guys. So, yeah, I'm on board. I'm your first listener of Breaking Bad, but I'm sure you've had more we, than one. I was going to say we had one listener, so that was good. But, uh, I mean, the beauty <laughs> of Breaking Bad, too, is the first season is literally seven episodes. So, like, by the time you all of a sudden are like, this is quite good, you're like, oh, fuck, the season's over. Um, so... Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm a bit stubborn. I, I mean, yeah, having worked in a, a shop that used to sell TV shows on DVD, every day I'd get 20 recommendations and, you know, you'd often mm. find a trend. And Breaking Bad was definitely one of the ones that I held out for a long time because I was like, oh, stop telling me to watch Breaking Bad. And then I was like, okay, fine, I'll watch it. Uh, but, yeah, Game of Thrones, I think I'm just beyond stubborn now because, seriously, I'm just... I'm <laughs> To this day, how long has the show been over for? Still, oh, you haven't seen Game of Thrones? You're going to watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> I stare at them like just just, just stop it like i'll watch it when i'm like 80 and they've remade it like 87 times probably then they do, then. when they do the indian and japanese versions of game of thrones he's yeah, on board exactly i again like we we're gonna take another 12 years to get through 24 but uh <laughs> yeah i have tracked down the the japanese and indian version sadly i just don't have subtitles for it so i've got 12 years to learn you gotta learn the uh, language, know, Hindi and, and Japanese. Uh, so basically, I'll I'll, I'll do that. Uh, you'll hear all the things to do at the end of this episode: like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. And in terms of interviews with Twenty Four Cast, so always a, a rolling beast. As you see, we had a lot before the season started. Then we've kind of got a few dropping now. And yeah, our plan still is to do a bit of a reunion, sort of to celebrate the twentieth anniversary later in the year. Uh, not just of season one, people maybe bringing back some of the people we've had on, and kind of you know why not have James Morrison on with Jacqueline Rose and you know two people. It never in it, but they're all connected, so it's kind of it'll be interesting. Everyone can just share a long Kiefer story, basically. <laughs> so, you know, Porsches, broken tables, guns on feet, 
uh, drunken exploits in London, all the kind of fun stuff that we've got. But uh, that's why Kiva's keen to come on the show is I'm going to rebut everything. That's my kid Sutherland <laughs> impersonation. Damn it, I'm going to rebut everything. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Uh, but stay tuned, plenty to come. My name is Ben, and my baby, my baby. And my name is Colin, and stay tuned next week for our exclusive interview with Janet the Teddy Bear. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.